0: Welcome to another episode of the Covenant Community Kids Podcast. I am Jackie Jones. I'm Evie Jones, and our guest today is Becky Coulson. Welcome, Becky. Hi, it's great to be here. Hi, great to have you. We're so excited to talk to you. Thanks. You are in Pittsburgh, yeah? Yes. Okay, I love Pittsburgh. I it's do actually <laughs> like. Yeah, it's such a cool city. Goodness. I've
1: never been there before. Yeah. I have so many friends who are from there and people that I know who go there all the time. It sounds awesome. There's me. no time difference, right? There's it's no time X difference. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think so. I wanted to come from
0: I love that it's like, because Michigan is so flat. <laughs> and Like we have the lakes, which is nice. But then I feel like every time I'm driving east, as soon as I get to Pittsburgh, it's like, this is so much more interesting. Yeah, I agree.
2: <laughs> I love the complexity of the topography. I love the, um, just all the distinctive topographical, um, as- aspects of Pittsburgh. I really love the rivers, the hills, yeah. the mountains, the roads that are impossible to drive on your car <laughs> in the winter, yes. all of it.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so cool. Aww. Have you always lived
2: there? Uh, no, we lived, me and my husband lived for a short time in Wisconsin while I finished my degree, and then we returned to Pittsburgh. Okay, cool. Yeah.
1: Nice. Well, how did you, I'm curious how you um, found out about the podcast.
2: Um, so um, someone in a wink wink kind of way. Said there's a Facebook page called Covenant Community: The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So I checked that out, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> and this was probably five years ago. <laughs> so, oh wow. um, yeah, okay. And I got in touch with the moderator of that page, and he, um, as soon as like your podcast got on his radar, he. Um, turned me on to your podcast and said you might want to check out some of these episodes I've listened to pretty much every single one (laughs) um, there were so many similarities to my own story and some of my siblings stories that I just kind of like binged them um in the in the best way yeah
1: (laughs) yeah that makes me really happy yeah
2: (laughs) so I just sort of like you know, a couple of different action steps on my part. And then just really being sort of a neutral listener. And this is while I was still deep in community, a neutral listener to, oh, this feels familiar to me and the stories of other people who are still friends of mine that left. So, wow,
0: yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. I think that That's fa- yeah. we, we've now been doing this long enough that I think you're the first person, yeah, who started listening while you were still yeah. in. while you're in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. So what um, made you want to come on the podcast? So <clears throat> it's a long story,
2: but I'll kind of start somewhere in the middle. And it's very personal to me. So if I get a little reclaimed, you'll understand. Um When I was 16, I was in school and um, had a, a bit of an emotional breakdown and a guidance counselor. And I just, a guidance counselor had said to me, oh, what you just said to me is so interesting. Were you ever sexually abused as a child? And I went to say no. I went to say no. And I said yes. And my whole entire story from my whole entire kindergarten year just poured out of my mouth.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. It was
2: a real relief to be honest. Um and so in response to that, she kind of let me calm down, called my parents, had them come to the school, told them everything I had said names, dates, um, sights, smells, sounds, and said, I, I believe her. This is so detailed and so complex. And so much true to me that I implore you to please call the police while you're still under that statute of limitations and make sure this is followed through with. Take her to a therapist. If you don't, things are going to get ugly. I remember her saying, um, Hmm. So she didn't protect me. Like nobody removed me from the room while she had that conversation with my parents. So I heard everything she said to me. Oh, them. wow. Oof. Yeah. Oh it, so for me, there was accountability there. You have this person in authority who's saying, here's how you need to handle things if you want your child to be whole again. Yeah. They mm-hmm. took me home, they prayed over me, and they did some deliverance ministry. And then they told me I could never talk to anyone about it again. And Whoa, wow. oh my god, Becky! Yeah. And when I realized when I realized later that I was pretty sure that was because the predator was the the adult child of a community family when I was in kindergarten, not at the time I, I told oh, my wow. parents. Yeah, that created a sort of existential crisis that yeah wait a second i think my parents or specifically my father did not want this getting out because of what it would do to the body the the people of god yeah. um mm-hmm. and of course i was mad about that for a while but that yeah. that moment at the age of 16 made it perfectly clear to me that i might be safer in the world than i would be at home as far as people believing me and protecting me. So
0: um,
2: I did get kicked out of their house at the age of 18 because I was caught smoking cigarettes. Um, For for four years, I was on my own working minimum wage jobs, living all over the city, multiple roommates, all that kind of shebang. And honestly, Mm -hmm. those four years were a real gift for me. Because I got to see how other people lived, I got to see how they coped, I got to develop an expansive love for people who ended up with drug problems, Um, people I made friends with who were gay or bisexual people who were in the goth community, underground, at CMU, (laughs) Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Just seeing all different kinds of people.
2: So living in the city and, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and all that sort of thing, it was a serious gift Mm -hmm. to my emotional and adult Mm -hmm. maturity. And it took the glass topper off the cake of like living in an insular environment. I was no, I was no longer in an insular environment. I had to make my own decisions. I had to um, develop my own discernment. Um, and I never stopped going to church. Like even if I was out till two in the morning with my friends, I still went to mass every Sunday. And that was like <laughs> a that was like a <laughs> filling up thing for me. Yeah totally yeah for totally. me it was like here's this hour where i don't have to be anything else except for exactly who i am and it was a sanctuary literally
1: hmm. so yeah
2: um so even though a lot of people experience spiritual trauma and because of that they lose their faith in god and not just man i actually had the opposite experience which I know it's unique, but I kind of wish it for everybody because, every yeah, every, yeah.
0: <laughs> it
2: sounds nice. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess just saying that that four years of personal and spiritual and emotional development set me up for being ready to meet my husband at the age of 22, um, have a regular courtship not one that was designed by or controlled by community standards. I had just like a freshness of discernment and was so convinced that this man that I had met was absolutely. And I don't even like to use the word soulmate because a lot of people have several soulmates throughout their years. But for me, like he was it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that relationship was so healing that eight months into the relationship, no, four months into the relationship, when he went to my father and said, I understand it's a family tradition to ask for the hand of marriage of the woman <laughs> yeah. in the family. And um, I would like your blessing. And my dad said, you know, have you guys been pure in your relationship? And my husband said, no, we have not. I will not lie to you. And my father said, you do not receive my blessing. You cannot marry my daughter. Yeah. So, yeah. So my husband's response was, I'm sorry to hear that we are in love. We are going to move forward with Mm -hmm. our engagement. Um, I appreciate your perspective as a father and why you're upset about this, but you, she's been on her own for four years. And so trying to get across the perspective of this person has been independent of you and community for four years. So um, it was a little perplexing that the response, it was not in recognition of this adult child has not been in community. And so let's look at this from a different lens. It was, there is one lens and one decision and one perspective. And that is if you're not totally sexually pure, then you are completely outside of God's will and you're, and you are contaminated. And we knew that to not be true. So, So we moved forward with our engagement. We got married at the justice of the peace in the South side of Pittsburgh with a few of my siblings, and a bunch of my friends four months after that. So we had only been together for eight months by the time we got married. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. He sounds so wonderful, though, yeah, was- That response to your dad is, like, so mature yeah. and kind and – Was he 22 at that time also? He's a little bit younger than me, and he likes to tease me. He's, uh, his birthday is in... Younger Yeah, he's
2: younger. He's almost a year younger, and he had just gotten out of the military, so he also, for four years, had been, um, independent, had gone through some hard things, um, he he's, was in the Navy. Um, he's, officially a, he's officially a Gulf War veteran. So although he was never on the ground in, in the war in that way, he was, he's considered a Gulf War veteran because he was on a ship in the Gulf during the time that all of that happened. So oh, these yeah. are two, okay. you know, mature right. people who have right. own ideas about what their spiritual life looks yeah. like. And has mm-hmm. decided to join together and move forward and mature together. Um, and I was completely at peace with that decision. There was no yeah, yeah, there was no internal conflict, moral or otherwise, to say, God brought this man to me and we can we can heal together. Um, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened. We've been together for 28 years now. And Aww, like,
1: so sweet,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all that to say, when we got married and moved to Wisconsin, we moved back to Pittsburgh almost immediately after I finished with my degree. And because mm-hmm. I had kind of repaired my relationships with my, with my parents and my family over that time where I was gone and kind of got a break from the family we did decide Mm -hmm. to almost immediately engage with community as a couple with a six-month-old baby and then we were kind of off to the races um Mm -hmm. and i don't regret that decision either we made so many friendships in community that were helpful to our eventually four children we had so much good biblical discipleship But I would say a sticking point for both of us across the years was some of the sociological information given us. um, And Mm -hmm. other people would call that the Christian counterculture, right? Of, yeah, like forums on backmasking and forums on satanic masses and all that kind of stuff that happened Mm -hmm. in the 80s and 90s kind of morphed into something that looked different and more subtle in the 2000s. And so I want to be clear that like for most communities, they don't look the way they looked in the 80s. And that's a good thing, right? right? That's a good thing. Right. Yeah. On the other hand, one of the things that helped us to leave eventually was the lack of evolution in the understanding of who belongs in community borders, who belongs in Christianity, and what is the expected acceptable norm of what does a community member look like mm-hmm. so for me um i would get comments about my tattoos almost every time my shoulders were showing um you know in in no. a jokey way but also yeah <laughs> that can be- yes yeah. oh i
1: absolutely understand they yeah. will never say it you know directly yeah, yeah. but yeah Yeah. indirect
2: and uh then then once we had children lots of input on how to raise them properly and why aren't you doing what you know community norms are with them and all that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. so that personal history of childhood sexual abuse brought us to the end of community and so this is what it looked like i got a phone call in 2020 in January of 2020, so before COVID hit, from a friend in Michigan, who obviously will remain nameless. um, And she said, you know, have you been listening to the Community Kids podcast? If so, what did you think? And then went on to say, I don't think you know, and she knew my personal history. I don't think you know what's happening in Michigan with two sexual predators that they've proven on paper have been shuffled around the globe since 1983. And my heart just stopped. My heart, yeah, yeah, my heart just stopped. Because as a mom and as a survivor, that's really the last thing you want to hear about an organization that you're connected with, right? Yeah, totally. (laughs) So I said, tell me everything you know. Send me everything you have give me contact information. And she did all of that. Um, And I was guided to a family advocate who was dealing with some of the families with the Jamie Treadwell situation. And I can say his name fully because he is on paper in criminal and civil. He's named, yeah. For having multiple, multiple young children, victims of grooming and inappropriate behavior and is now walking free, but listed as a sexual predator.
0: Um, right? Yep. Complete
2: miscarriage of justice.
0: Disgusting.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. But the other person has known my father for so long. And so anything I collected, I sort of collated. And then of that year, March or April of that year, which is when COVID hit, everything just stopped. I had so much time to mm-hmm. think and so much time to decide, what am I going to do with this? What are we going to do with this? So we did reach out to the head coordinator at the time and my father, gave them everything we had, said, don't look away, don't stop reading, even though for me, I had to kind of take breaks from it, right? Because it's a bit yeah, to totally read somebody's yeah. oh gosh, personal yeah. story of how someone who is held up in community, in Jamie Treadwell's situation, he's a noted um, painter, he's a noted artist, mm-hmm. he's been lauded as like a golden child of the servants of the word. So just acknowledging that like, What has happened in other Christian subcultures or countercultures is also happening in community, which is if you're talented enough or good looking enough or um, charismatic Charismatic enough, enough. articulate enough, anything you say about those people is going to be squashed. It's going to be squashed.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: I'm no, sorry to interrupt.
1: When you went to the when you went to mm-hmm. the head coordinator with this yeah. information, was that the uh, District of People of God? That um,
2: out? so yes, the People of God. Okay, and and That's so right. our request yeah. was very simple: stop this, stop the flow of money to Michigan until you find out what's going on, because these yeah. these two men are being, their lawyers are being paid for basically with our money. Because once the money, Ugh. once the money gets to the oh sword of the spirit, there's nothing you can do about how they spend it. So we want, right, we right. wanted them to stop the flow of money. Um, I've heard so many ex-evangelicals say, "Hit them in the wallet, and then they'll pay attention." That is 100% true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Been,
0: that's, yeah, that's a really it, good point. Yeah, it's it's been proven true.
2: yeah. <laughs> because they're going to want to know why this monthly tithing from a small, tiny little community in Pittsburgh is no longer reaching Michigan, right? Um, they right. need mm-hmm. that money to survive, and they do whatever they want with it. And because they're a nonprofit, yeah. they, that's what they're allowed to do kind of thing. They can. Yeah, can. Yeah. 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 Re- yeah. And then that's two really other smart. requests. You stop playing the songs of the other artist yeah for real like 90 oh 90 of the songs <laughs> that are played in uco are by this particular writer he is yep. mm-hmm. he's so talented <laughs> is what they told me back
1: yeah
0: <laughs> like, oh my that was the response, the response that's, that's the response was,
2: we're not going to stop playing his songs because we have no proof that what you're saying is true even though i had just given them all of the proof including the fact that the servants of the word got kicked out of belgium in 1983 because this man whose initials are ec had um a, a quote-unquote fling with a teenager and so the right. language yeah. even matters right if you couch, right. Oh, yeah. if it's you very, couch very intentional. grooming and sexual abuse under adultery or infidelity, you can get away with it. Mm-hmm. This was a teenager. Totally, yeah. this was a teenager. I yep. have a teenage yep. daughter. And a he was a man. grown man who knew better, and the servants of the word was legally kicked out of Belgium in nineteen eighty three for this man's activities. So, if you think about the fact that there is a forty year span of this man's crimes against teenage girls specifically and the servants of the word have protected him like a fragile basket of eggs. Yep. You then have to qu- he, at the expense of at the expense everyone. of everyone. These girls, their families, this the predator, his family, the servants of the word, everybody suffers when somebody gets away with this.
1: And so
2: at that time, because of the anemic response from our local leaders, I started praying, just let everything come to the top. Let everything float up, show up, Lord, shed your light on exactly what has happened here and who was involved. And of course, eventually that's exactly what happened. So there Mm -hmm. developed two separate civil suits, one against Jamie Treadwell, one against EC. And- on those civil suits which is what i forwarded to our leaders were the names of all of my father's friends right okay. all you know, everyone that he has held up as an example in, including steve clark everyone right. everyone that had been paid to come in and help with retreats or give um talks at men's retreats women's retreats whatever these men, boom, 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 listed right there in black and white. And so, of course, I did forward all of that again and say, now are you willing to do something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your proof. And I'm a fan of proof. I'm a, fr- I'm a fan of statistics. I am a fan of proof. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I
2: am a fan of if it's slapping you in the face like that, you have to do something about it there to -hmm. to me there is a moral imperative to recognize and acknowledge when a whole group of people is ignoring proof it's to protect these people that they've held up as idols yes yeah yeah Yeah. so once i realized there was that connection there i started doing a lot of research into high control groups Because I have had certain friends who aren't in community say, are you sure this isn't a cult? Are you sure you're not just kind of immune to it because you grew up in it? So doing research, cults versus high control group versus sort of free will entering into, there's this continuum, right? And community does fall into the high control group category of bodies, given that sort of the spirit kind of, finagles its way into everyday life with their teachings um and that Mm -hmm. that brings us back to the whole sexual purity conversation right because all of the foundations in that book man and woman in christ were written by celibate men who've never been married and who have never had children but then our... Yeah,
1: who were in their early 20s when they wrote those? Am I correct? Uh, in
2: no, or, or no. Man they and they Woman in Christ on. was written in the 70s. And then all of the foundations courses around parenting and marriage were taken from that book.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's, 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 another,
2: that's another aspect of the not evolving that has happened is, well, these foundations worked in the 80s. So why would they not work now? Are, you know,
1: right. yeah
2: yeah
1: so um I had I go ahead oh no that's okay sorry I'm just a little hung up on how old were they when they wrote those books in their, in their 20s <laughs> and
2: they were in their they 20s they were in their early 20s early 30s okay. when yeah. they wrote foundation courses yes yeah mm-hmm. oh my
1: goodness not
2: married yeah. don't have children but but they not can married. tell you how you should sort of um control your family life, parent your children, tell your wife who she needs to be in order to be a proper community wife, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So bizarre
2: to me. And yeah, yeah, when I was in college, I I got my degree in human development and family studies. That I, (laughs) so much information about how that approach is not valid. But the interesting thing is, is we were never told that foundations were written by servants of the word. We were told that they kind of organically developed over time. And this is what was come up with after observing different problems in different families and that kind of thing. So the fact that it was passed off as like a natural outshoot of early community life and wasn't directly told to us that these foundations teachings were from people who didn't have a leg to stand on in those two areas, marriage and, and parenting. Um, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Kind of sets my hair on fire. <laughs> yeah. Totally. As a Probably yeah. so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not only did they not have marriages or children, but they also were not, they didn't have degrees in human development. They didn't have to, you know, they hadn't,
1: yeah. they were leaning on like
0: the, the Bible and their interpretation
1: of it for a lot of mm-hmm. this, which I feel like is yeah. super dangerous. And their divine messages from God, I feel like is a big part of it too. Like, you know, they are hearing from God directly. Yeah. About well, this.
2: and you hit on something Just I me. wanted to talk about because if you allow somebody outside of yourself or your marriage or your spirituality to tell you that the discernment that you're having is not real. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just your emotions. Please ignore that. Yeah. If, totally. If your body is experiencing great stress and really valid information when hearing a foundations talk, that's the devil trying to distract you. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So you are trained at an early age. And for me, the community was, it's so true. the community was started when I was 10 months old. So I have literally, yeah. except for that break in my twenties, been in community 50 years. So yeah. been there on the ground to watch the lack of evolution, been there on the ground to watch my friends come in and then leave again. Once they, mm-hmm. once they came up some sort of <clears throat> ethical or moral or teaching wall that they couldn't sort of reconcile with slid, at, yeah. slid out the side door left quietly. So knowing that we decided not to do that. And we knew the cost would be huge. So two years, <clears throat> May of 2022, after two years of not doing anything that we had begged them to do, Don't play EC songs. Don't send money to Michigan and bug the leaders up there to find out what's going on. We had absolutely no answers and decided we needed to leave. And we drafted an exit letter and prayed over it and changed some things about it because we didn't want it to come across as a temper tantrum right? We wanted it yeah, to come across totally. in a very genuine way that expressed mm-hmm. there's something, the house is on fire and the call to 911 is coming from inside the house. Oof, yeah. It's not coming from yeah, the, the enemies image.
0: in the world.
2: It's not coming from people who are demonic and are trying to disrupt community life the emergency call is coming from inside the house
0: yeah 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 wow that's so that's a really powerful message because i think you're right that not only is things that are overly emotional can be dismissed as, you know, the devil or the yeah. world, but also anything outside of community, right? So if Jackie and I are hosting a podcast and saying these people have these stories, it's not going to be heard the same way that someone still in it, still really pushing is is going to be heard, you know?
2: Yeah, and a couple things had happened, in that span of time between when we found out about the sexual predators being shuffled around to three different, um, countries, uh, over 40 years. Um, and actually both of those men were given money to start youth initiatives in Ireland, which is an outreach to at-risk youth. So that gave them potentially a new crop of victims in, in this situation. Um, yeah, just realizing that even as we had such a deep love for our community friends and a deep problem Ooh. with the way that community was structured that the, our conversation had to be more about justice than it had to be yeah. about all of those extraneous things including the fact right. that during that time our do- our our kid came out as gay um
1: And we knew and
2: realized that if we stay here, we're not going to be safe. We're not going to be safe. Our our kid is not going to be safe. Uh, Our other kids will be harangued about the status Mm -hmm. of their sibling. Um, And we're parents first, right? We're not community members first. We never put community first, ever
0: i just want to the the feeling Beautiful. of you making the choice to protect your child mm-hmm. after that yeah. was not done for you is like yeah making me emotional <laughs> making me emotional <laughs> really really cool thank you thank you that's, that's so that strong, strong. yeah that's a powerful breaking of the cycle yeah yeah and as someone who has the degree
2: that i have so much information on transgenerational trauma intergenerational,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. um, intergenerational wounds. Uh, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, so unlike some other people, I was a, we were able to make that decision from a trauma angle.
1: As yeah, in
2: totally. These victims of these two men were traumatized. Barely anybody has stood up for them in their families Nobody yeah. in people of God in Pittsburgh knew this stuff was going on in Michigan. So it was actively hidden.
1: But yeah, but yeah, but yeah we'll take your tithe money
2: and yeah, we'll do with it whatever we want. Yeah. No, thank you.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, um, it was a very calculated effort on our part to, um, whatever the opposite of leave quietly is <laughs> because here's the thing
1: oh my gosh back in my favorite
2: <laughs> here's the thing i believe that i can use my own traumatic background to bring attention to what's being done wrong in a christian body that i deeply love deeply believe in but is deeply problematic so to be able to hold those two truths in the same hands is very yeah. yeah. is wow. very difficult
1: yeah, yeah.
2: and I want yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. to say I want to say to whoever's family. listening who's ever experienced sexual assault or child sexual abuse sexual trauma um, sexual dominance, because of the misused men's and women's roles within the community structures, I see you. I see you. I hear your pain. It was not unheard. And we will not stand for it anymore. We will not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I think we can echo that for sure it's something we've talked about recently is like we started this podcast kind of wanting to be open to hearing everyone's stories and the more stories we heard the more um well first of all really only people who left wanted to come on but (laughs) yeah (laughs) but also the number of victims there are of this structure and the extent to which they were traumatized it's unbelievable and this is you know horrifying beyond what either of us experienced beyond what we knew what was going on when we started this and so we've kind of decided this is no longer a space for people still in it because they have their platform they have spaces um and because we want people to feel safe coming here like, I that's what I want <laughs> for you to be able to say that yeah. and for people to know that, no, next week we're not going to have on someone arguing against what you just said. You know, like, yep. we're very much on the side of the victims mm-hmm. and their families and um, anything we can do to kind of promote what you're saying of that they're heard and seen and we will mm-hmm. fight to protect them
1: mm-hmm.
0: is... I support you. I mean, that's just the least we could do, it feels like.
2: Yeah. The thing that kept going through my head in those two years was not on my
1: watch. Not on my watch. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. You know?
0: Totally. And the more we do this, the more I'm
1: feeling that way as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't be quiet about this. Yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean,
2: how, so how I described it to the person who happened to be coordinator when we left, so it kind of switched over in that two years. After we described this, after he received our letter, which I'll read in a minute, he asked to me with us in person and I said, sure, but only if this particular senior woman who I really trust and really have connected with is able to be present, like even if you won't allow her to say anything, I need her there as like my comfy blankie because I trust her and I know her and I like her. And she's a person with really deep contemporary view of loving people. She's one of the people who told me, we don't care who your kid is or who they turn into if, if, you know, as their life develops as a gay person, your, your, all of your kids are welcome at our table forever. Even Mm -hmm. if you leave community. No matter what, so she is the she is the per- yeah, yeah. she is the person that I was like oh yeah we'll meet with you if it's in your house so we can leave whenever we want <laughs> and <laughs> um and they only live two blocks from us so boy is this awkward oh my gosh <laughs>
0: oh wow
1: <my> <laughs> yes. um
2: but yeah we it, clusters if. If this woman can be there as a comfort for me specifically, yes, we will meet with you in person. And so what, what I said to him, how I described this was, community is a school bus. It's tooling down the road, tooling down the road. Everybody's having fun. People get on, people get off. At some point, the people in the back seat look out the back window and realize there are women and children and teenage boys going onto the bus and being hurt and being maimed and being um killed basically and your choice is to speed up the bus and turn up the music
1: yeah wow wow you have so many powerful images that just paint this community dynamic in such a visual way and i i just i really appreciate that because i don't know i find them very just very powerful. You've you've said few of them already, and that one is, yeah. Thank you. Powerful.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I'm a writer, so it just comes naturally. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. tell.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm absolutely. And tell.
2: you know, even the um, even the agony of admitting we love you as people. We do not anymore love the sword of the spirit, the servants of the word, and the structure that is keeping us from being whole and healed and not insular. So if I can look Mm -hmm. around community and I see not one gay person, I see not one person of color, I see not one person who has anything that is not gingerbread cookie community, It's not an evangelistic situation. It's an insular, Mm -hmm. closed environment, not unlike Mormon communities, not unlike Mennonite communities, not unlike, I got to say it, the Church of Scientology, where they Mm -hmm. had specific rules about what you could say, what you could do, how courtship looked like all
0: of that. Yeah. Levels to who can know what. Oh my gosh. The Mm -hmm. power structure levels. to who can know what I actually called
2: Mm -hmm. one of the really long time coordinators who's very deep friends with my father and said, this is what's going on here. And this is what we've decided. What are you going to do about it as boots on the ground up there in Michigan? And he basically said, my role is to be a support to the family of the victims.
1: That's it. That's where Oh my gosh. What does support look like if, yeah. if not Yeah. It looks like soothing, it looks like
2: placating, it looks like excuse making. It looks like this is a good man <sighs> who did a bad thing, a very very bad thing, and we're all just heartbroken Jeez. about it. We're all just heartbroken about it. It's, it's equivalent, wow. to, when, it's equivalent to when there's a mass shooting and people say thoughts and
0: prayers. Thoughts and prayers.
1: Thoughts and prayers, yeah. Yep. Right.
0: And, and the sense behind that, that like, oh, who could have seen this coming? When it's been four yeah. years of this happening. Well, like, right. Not <laughs> only, like, with the same piece When like I it, had and to
1: tell this... Playing naive. What did you say? Okay.
0: Yeah, say that again.
1: Oh, I just did, uh, like playing naive, like innocent. Right. Like, oh, no, we exactly. didn't know. So that
2: <laughs> I love that you brought that up because this particular coordinator said to me, we're just devastated and shocked. And I said, are you? Because I have a picture of EC running part of the yes retreat while my daughter, who is 15, who was 16 at the time was in attendance and my head, my, my husband was head of security Pictures of him on that stage five years after they said they put him in a stage of penance and solitude.
0: Wow. (laughs) I have photo
2: evidence that what you're saying is not true.
0: Yeah. I mean, as someone who grew up in very close proximity to him Mm -hmm. and was around him all the time. All the time. There is no period of time in my mind when he was not actively around me as a young girl. Yeah. All the time. Like. Same here. Th- yeah.
1: He was a huge yes. presence. Yeah. And revered. Like, I looked up oh, to him. totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah. If your
2: family had either of those men come to Laura's Day, I can imagine the best silverware, the best tablecloth, best oh, China. Oh, yeah. China. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, very... He actually, um I after I left community and I was working at a coffee shop in Detroit, he came in one day and I was kinda like, Oh, like I've left. (laughs) I'm not you know, it was a little shocking and he Don't look at me this is before (laughs) I knew about any of the allegations or, you know, things Mm -hmm. he has done. And um He was very interested in what I was doing. He gave me his business card. He told me to call him to go get lunch sometime soon. Oh, my God. And I was, like, kind of creeped out by it. But I was also, like, flattered. it was this, like, feeling I had. Yeah, it was this feeling Mm -hmm. I hadn't had in a long time where I was, like, this is a man who's high up in community. So even if it feels a little uncomfortable to me, it's just because that's, like, who they are, that's how they interact with us. Like, it was so familiar. And my response Mm -hmm. was to, even though I'd learned how to look out for this kind of creepy behavior, (laughs) my idea was like, he is exempt from that. And Mm -hmm. yeah, once everything came out, I was like, oh, okay. All right. That, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. Right.
2: Exactly. Um, I will say that Everyone in my immediate family supported our decision to leave. And we, by immediate family, I mean my husband, all of our children, a couple of very trusted siblings who were gone from community, um, gave them a heads up. We were going to send this letter. The shit is definitely going to hit the fan. If anybody comes to you and asks questions, have them reach out to us directly. We are willing to have conversations and face-to-face meetings with anybody, anybody, so that they know why we did this, and it's from our lips and cannot be misinterpreted. And I'll tell you why I say that. I have nine siblings. After we left, only two of them are still in community. Originally, all 10 were. And then there's
1: their spouses
2: and then their children. We were told wow. Wow. why each of those siblings left. And some of them reached out to me when I left community and their stories were nothing like what we had been told as to why they left. So wow. it's that close wow. that my sibling yeah. been able to, when leaving community, be able to, and feel safe reaching out to people still in community who are their own siblings and say, Ugh. I want you to know why we left, and I want you to hear it with my own lips. They weren't allowed to do wow. that. They weren't able to do that. They weren't equipped to do that. And they had been... Yeah. The narrative was, if you leave, leave, and don't corrupt what's left, right? Ugh. Yeah. Um, and be- and because my mom and dad were so entwined in community life. They respected that. Like they respected that request. They honored right. that request. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, it was like sitting down at a thousand piece puzzle. Yeah. And somebody keeps handing you pieces and the picture is getting clearer and clearer and clearer. And some of that happened before we even found out about EC and Jamie Treadwell. Some of that happened in the two years, so 2020 to 2022, where we gave our coordinator space and time to do something about this situation. But a lot of it has happened since. Um, mm. But that puzzle is becoming more and more fleshed out, more and more clear, yeah. more and more vibrant. And, you know, the message is, thank God we're gone. Thank yeah. the Lord we're gone. Yeah. That this random friend in Michigan said I need to tell Becky about what's happening up here because obviously nobody at POG in Pittsburgh knows what's happening. Right. That they knew my own personal story of abuse and recovery and redemption and trusted me with that story so that they wouldn't yeah. so that they wouldn't get in trouble, up the, you know, trouble in quotes up there. Right. Yeah, that they knew I was a person of action. And it's because of my both my human development and family studies degree, but my trauma history that I had Mm -hmm. always been. Uh, I call it a social justice warrior. You you put your cape on, you take it Mm off at different times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, that um, that they had seen our reaction to Black Lives Matter and some of the emails we had sent out to community members about like, hey, we're going to this protest. Yes, it will be peaceful. A preacher is running it. Why Mm -hmm. don't you come meet us there? Right? Yeah. They had seen our... um, COVID cautiousness, and Mm -hmm. our um, recognition that a pandemic is really serious, and we need to help each other stay Mm -hmm. safe and not sick. And this is how we're going to handle that, that, you know, a lot of those approaches were either outright questioned or scoffed at or, well, you're living in fear, right? But here's here's the interesting part. Those were all the, the mechanisms of fear were all things that were used during the Trump campaign in 2016 to for people to have conversations with each other about if Trump doesn't become yes. president, abortion will never be right. outlawed. And this is our last chance to make that happen. And even if you think he's a scumbag, he's really our only choice.
0: Wow. So I
2: was even taken to task by a couple of people when they said, who did you vote for? And I said, Evan McMullen, he's an in independent party. He's a moderate. Da, 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 da. I was told you just threw away your vote. Like, why would you do that? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So even wow. when I pointed out, you know, Evan McMullen's actually pro-life. Um, he's a mm-hmm. devout Mormon. He's actually a good guy. Like, have you even looked into him? But you're telling me to vote for somebody who has sexually assaulted women and bragged about it, right?
0: Have right. you have That's you? Matt promoted me. it even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I, I remember that when um, the tape of Trump saying all those things came out, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. the general response of dismissal was, "Oh my god!" Like I was really shaken by that not because it surprised Mm -hmm. me so much because i've grown up with that a lot but how widespread it was that it was like we're all okay with just (laughs) like letting this man move into a huge position of power like, what does
1: that say for women? What does that say for... It makes it okay yeah. for every other man in the world to say that stuff. Well, <laughs> and do that stuff. and the irony that it was the same group
2: of people who said when Bill Clinton engaged in something consensual in the Oval Office, yes, right. basically burned, right. literally burned him in effigy and then demanded yeah. that he be removed from office. I, I right. you know, as an intelligent, Doesn't educated... um awake person the irony was not Mm -hmm. lost on me like at all (laughs) right 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 (laughs) so yeah yeah. so the you know the i i love quotes that really hit on like something that motivates you to move forward and make the right decision And when i was discerning prayerfully whether or not to meet you guys on this podcast um i came across two quotes and they're really good uh, the first one is Lily Tomlin. She's so funny. And so. Oh, funny. I
1: love her <laughs> so much. <so well. laughs>
2: but she said, I always wondered why somebody doesn't do something about that. Then I realized I was that somebody.
1: Hmm. So, like, yeah.
2: that came up during our active discernment process about, like, do we do this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> and then the second one is by June Jordan. To tell the truth is to become beautiful, to begin to love yourself, value yourself. And that is political in its most profound way.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That the awesome. act really
2: of refusing to sit down and shut up is an acknowledgement yeah. yeah. that God has given me like a steely spine, but a soft heart. For mm-hmm, a reason. Yeah. And that is not so I yeah. can enjoy those attributes. It's actually to be used for the betterment of other people. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So um this is the content of our we call it our exit letter. It's also sort of a resignation letter um, from May sixteenth, twenty twenty two to the People of God Coordinators Council. It is with deep grief that we withdraw our public commitment to the people of God. We did not break our covenant, our governing body, the sword of the spirit did when they chose to shuffle sexual predators all over the globe. They broke it. Please find attached timelines of Jamie Treadwell's movement throughout the SOS done after the servants of the word knew about his first three victims. Also attached is just one of the legal testimonies being presented in the case of E.C. Jamie Treadwell has 11 victims on record and an additional nine who cannot bring themselves to be put through a trial. E.C. has at least seven known victims, all teenagers, at the time. The civil civil suit filed last Thursday in Ingham County named Jamie Treadwell the Sword of the Spirit, the Servants of the Word, Dave Hughes, Steve Clark, John Yocum, et al. It's public record now, and the amount of proof that they have had to even have the civil suit considered was a massive undertaking for the last seven years. In 2020, when we requested and then demanded information from two of our own coordinators on this situation in Michigan, we were soothed, placated, and then ignored. Even before that, we had noticed that this is the pattern of our community. Members of our body address the coordinators on crises, problems, systemic issues, or complaints. Coordinators either give non-responses, which is placation or distraction, or give answers that are incomplete. We have been told that our members' unmet needs or serious issues are not the reason why our community has been shrinking for the last 10 years. But unfortunately, the approach to coordinator responsibility and accountability to the body is one of the main reasons that we see. In asking about why needs continue to be unmet, such as our youth bridge being neglected, abandoned, pastoral work training being only strong on the women's side, et cetera, we have been told that we should think more about what we have to offer to community, not the other way around. If you wonder where to start on stemming the hemorrhage of your members, we suggest you start with that approach. It is misguided, tone deaf, and insulting to claim that people who bring forward valid complaints, especially publicly committed members, are themselves misguided, discontent, or tone deaf. The examples are too numerous to count. Three bright spots in the last 10 years were Um, One of the coordinators privately responding to my bringing attention to a comment that he made about military members during a prayer meeting and then publicly apologizing for that. Thank you. Second, I appreciate my husband's pastoral workers' willingness to listen to our concerns about community leadership and how gracious he has been about that. Thirdly, uh, Joanne's love for me. Joanne has ever replied with less than true love and open-mindedness to any of Becky's concerns about all of her friends leaving community, private matters that Becky sought counsel on and prayer requests for our children, et cetera. It's a little awkward because it's from both of us. So we wanted to make sure that we kind of assigned, yeah. Um, Yeah, We are deeply grateful for every moment of grace and love that has been shown to us and our children for the last 23 years. We do not take that lightly or for granted. It's just not enough to keep us here. We have consulted with trusted spiritual advisors regarding our approach to our separation from your body, and we feel satisfied that we have done enough prayer, fasting, discernment, and agonizing for the last three years. And rest assured, we were all in until we could not be. I would encourage you to not extend the normal POG narrative that we convinced ourselves that we had to leave based on disgruntlement, discontent, or any personality flaw. What you read above was the last nail in the coffin, and it came at a time when we had already realized that the people of God is too insular and too self-protective for us to remain here safely. And by safely, I mean exactly that spiritually relationally etc the pog has operated as a fortress not an evangelistic endeavor that can self sustain additionally we have been told over time that as a family we spend too much time on our parish life our social justice concerns for the homeless and people of color our non community or non christian friends and so on but that they will know our christians by our love line is negated when EC songs continue to be vigorously used in prayer meetings, when certain POG community members have been rescued from the consequences of their own misdeeds and have been shuffled between here and Michigan communities, when our inquiries into sexual predators are ignored or not followed up on, etc. It is too much to bear and there's too much evidence to ignore. There are wolves in our midst, both the POG and the Sword of the Spirit. And their malignancy has already started a cancer among us. Anybody who throws the lives of women, children, teenage boys, and girls under the bus in order to maintain the status quo in a Christian organization will have to answer directly to God the Father for all of it. We will Mm -hmm. pray that when that happens, true repentance and transformation will occur. If any of you have something to repent for in this area, I suggest you do it sooner rather than later. That's when true healing will begin for all of us.
0: That's it. Wow. Oh my gosh. It started thundering so here when you got near the end. Here too. And I think, um,
1: yeah. I'm going to leave that in, in the sound. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's apropos. Powerful. That's, huh? that's very powerful. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. It reminds me of, like, it's the same tone of response that your husband had to your dad when he denied oh. his blessing. It was just very mature, straightforward, strong. Genuine. You're yeah. genuine, and your priorities are in the in the right thank place. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was incredible. I mean, I think also that you took the time to thank them for specific things, like... Yeah. Not even just like, saying, like, there were good times, you know, but you, like, specifically thanked certain people and took the time to be, like, we're not, you know, yeah. it's not all a wash. Like, we, we appreciate these things. We'll carry these things with mm-hmm. us. But it's not. We're not here we to be malicious. Yeah, we right. can't be part of this anymore. Right. I think that's really. Did you did you hear anything back? <laughs> That you feel like sharing? (laughs)
2: Uh, One coordinator, who I will not name, reached out and Mm -hmm. said, keep me abreast of anything additional you receive, and we'll decide what we're going to do with it. Um, But then when I did forward the actual redacted full civil suit regarding Jamie Treadwell, what was said was... Um, we would need all of it to get the whole picture and I consulted with the head coordinator and we're not willing to spend the money.
1: Are you serious? Oh. Okay. I shouldn't be surprised yeah. continually. <laughs> so by the, the
2: email that I sent back was <sighs> wow like $110 of your own money if a community will not pay for it is not worth Getting all the corners rounded out, all the information right, all of the evidence on file, so that you as leaders can make a decision whether or not you need to suspend your affiliation with the sword of the spirit, which is the governing body of hundreds of communities. Yeah. So we're not worth that. Right.
0: And yet 100%. you're still sending money to support them. Not just, mm-hmm. so not just
2: that, it's- but... Friends of mine, either in anger over us leaving or in support of us, were very expressive about things that they were personally told about the fact that we were the danger. So, yeah. So a couple of our friends who are still in were told, avoid her like the plague. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's trying to smear these guys' good names. Whoa, she wow. none of this is true. It was like the whole fake fake news kind of thing that Trump threw around. It was similar to that, right? Until right. until two days ago, a letter was sent to all I was of gonna the say. communities regarding, hmm? and I don't know if legally I can read that.
0: <laughs> it was posted publicly, it was posted right? Posted
2: publicly, but what was sent to the communities was actually different. I don't know if you knew that.
0: Oh, I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, the letter that okay. was sent to
2: communities said, number one, stop singing Ed's, Ed's, you know, EC songs at the prayer meetings. This is what we consider to be a recent and valid complaint against him. And until everything gets straightened out, we cannot in good conscience. Meanwhile, did we ask for that two years ago? Yes, we did. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Recent. I don't know about that. Super recent. Right. And and then number two, it also brought up what I had been pressing with um, our coordinators group, which is you don't understand the kind of trauma that you ignoring two predators and backing their names does to women who are quietly, women and children who are quietly suffering. With the side effects yeah. and the after mm-hmm. effects of ch- child mm-hmm. sexual abuse, adult sexual assault, rape, sexual impropriety, sexual dominance in marriages, I mean the whole kit and caboodle, right? Yeah, you have absolutely. no idea what this feel like feels like for them. So the one thing, right. so we sent this and all of the evidence to the entire coordinators council. And the day after we met with the head coordinator, we're completely cut off from the email chain, got no more emails about funerals and weddings and events coming up and any of that, right? We were the we were we wow. became the enemy, number one. We did. Wow. Um wow. and some people believed them and other people didn't and are clear about that and still have we still have good, although tentative relationships with because Uh, I I needed to do this podcast as closure, and I do realize that anybody who listens to this podcast who is still in, whether it's in Triumph of the Cross in Maryland or in People of God in Pittsburgh or in uh, Work of Christ in Michigan, is going to be very uncomfortable with the things that I've said today, and I I acknowledge that. I I understand that, but... Mm -hmm. There is a rot <laughs> in the very structure of the sword of the spirit and how mm-hmm. it was started and how it manipulates these different communities. And I, the one thing I did want to say and be very clear about, mm-hmm. I am under the impression that my dad's response to my disclosure of my sexual abuse was entirely orchestrated by the teaching of Steve Clark. So when Steve Clark for 40, 50 years tells you your number one job is to protect the insular environment of covenant community, Mm -hmm. anything that deviates from that, even in regards to your own child, is absolutely unacceptable. So in a lot of ways, I do recognize that my dad, by the time I made that disclosure, which would have been... 1985 or 88 had already been well trained for many, many years into when someone says such and such, express compassion towards them, and then tell them that's the end of what's going to happen here.
1: No action orientation. Yeah.
2: Well, not just that, but mm. like the irony of don't tell anybody because. They won't believe you or don't tell anybody because this is such a shameful thing. It was exactly what my predator had said to me when he told me that if I ever told anyone that he would kill my family and then himself and leave me standing. Whoa. Oh, Oh, no. When you're there as a five-year-old, you believe
1: that. You believe that I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah, No kidding.
2: So that like, so when I was 16 in that moment, realizing, Oh shit. Right. Right. These are almost verbatim the same words that my predator used to keep me quiet and to, and to leave me on my own to suffer. But here's, this is my dad who loves me and raised me and, introduced me to jesus and um took us on vacation and loved my mom well and raised us 10 kids the best that he could within the community structure yes i hold him responsible for that moment because you have the right as a parent to say screw steve clark i'm gonna do the right thing but also Mm -hmm. just acknowledging that he was well trained and well God, I can't even think of the word. Uh, Because it's not exactly mind control, but it's training. It's sociological, mental, psychological training. Mm -hmm. And it's always in the back of your head, right? So in the back of my head, it took me years to not have a, oh, I'm going to pray for that person when I met someone who was gay.
1: Specifically gay,
2: right? When you're told... Mm, Yeah. And I mean, the irony of all of this is who's the deviant then is the deviant <laughs> right. is the deviant oh, yeah. <laughs> the person, the person who assaulted and harmed children and teenage kids, or is the deviant the person who is attracted to somebody of the same sex, has high hor- high morals, um, comports themselves in a lovely way, has people in their life that loves them and accepts them. And, you know, we'll kind of call them on their bullshit. So mm-hmm. seeing the gay community as intact people who had a different sexual ethic than what I was raised in, I actually had to deprogram myself to not have those. Yeah. yeah those automatic responses.
1: I had to do that too. For sure it's hard yeah and it's yeah it's like a a mental shaping especially when you're in it as young as we all were like we were all raised in this environment right
2: right and both my mom and my dad came from very troubled homes so it makes sense to me sociologically that when they got it when they got attached to the sword of the spirit structure it was like a rebirth it was like yeah we can have this made family surround us and share the same values we can keep out the quote unquote world which is trying to harm us and our children and we can create this utopia where nothing bad ever happens and yeah Yeah. so they never had a realistic view that even though my dad who is a, a man of high morals and would never hurt a child he couldn't put himself in the mental state of someone who would so yeah, they yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So right. it's a lack Absolutely. of imagination is what I call it. Yeah. When you hear yeah. a person mm-hmm. who's famous in community, their name attached to something so horrific as hurting a child or a teenage girl or whatever, you can't, it's like, a, you, can't you can't connect it. it. It's almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. almost impossible because you've been so well-trained. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And like you said, when you, I think a lot of people who were drawn to community in the early days came from really unstable backgrounds, were looking for that sense of belonging and structure and safety. And I think when you feel like you found that, Mm -hmm. how scary to think that maybe it's not that, you know, like, oh my gosh, that's terrifying to think that this utopia we've created mm-hmm. is not that because then mm-hmm. what do you have to go back to right which right. we've all kind of <laughs> had to figure right. out and it's mm-hmm. um yeah so i do i mean i do have some empathy for that and some compassion for the the stance of not being able to imagine how this could happen but i still don't think that that's a good enough reason to then hurt other people or continue the hurt yes, of other people exactly. for your yeah. own sense of safety well i i always
2: yeah. it always brings to mind that specific thing you just said always brings to mind the story of jesus when a group of people was getting ready to stone a woman who'd been caught in the act of adultery he literally mm-hmm. physically put himself between that woman and the people who were raising the stones to stone her and kill her right there in the public square and said very quietly, let those among you without sin cast the first stone. And one by one, the religious leaders left, the people from the town left, and the only people left were him and this woman. And then he helped her to her feet and he helped to heal her. So like, understanding that the answer to quote unquote these uh, just sins that people don't want to talk about is and I'm not talking sexual predation actually. I'm talking coming out as gay. I'm talking you had infidelity in your marriage. I'm talking um, how certain people in community see poverty as like character defect coming alongside people and helping them to their feet and helping them heal and helping them on their way and doing it all with love is not necessarily the community model. The community model is if you cannot fit into this subset of Christian culture that we've designed, you're welcome to leave and please do it quietly. So if you're struggling with same-sex desire, mm-hmm. and what—and I'm saying struggling in air quotes. If you're struggling yes. with same-sex <laughs> desire, yeah. air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> fill, it, fill in the blanks. You're not welcome here.
0: Yeah. 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 Wow, Becky, thank you so much for sharing your story. Sure. And I don't know. I feel like. I always want to say that it's like so brave and so strong, but I also know the feeling of feeling like there's no other choice. You're just doing what you need to do.
1: So
0: (laughs) I acknowledge that. Um, And I really enjoyed getting to meet you and talk with you. And it really just, Mm -hmm. I think, is so powerful to know that none of us are alone in this. In yeah. trying to bring bring attention to these things, and and that you have been doing so much great work internally to try to directly communicate with coordinators about what's going on is like very encouraging,
1: incredibly. Uh, I hope I hope yeah, people
0: and, who are still I in mean, community
2: actually listen to this and understand, yeah, the ability yeah. that they have to do the same thing, no matter what the topic no matter what the topic, totally. that you yeah. are an integral part of this body. You get to use your voice mm-hmm. and you get to use it for good. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just an encouragement. Absolutely. It's just an encouragement to people who are still in. If you want to stay, yeah. if you want to stay, don't stay quiet. Don't.
1: It's yeah. not mm-hmm. worth it.
2: Yeah. Your, your conscience yeah. will prick yeah. you the rest of your life for things that you left unsaid. It will,
0: totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much.
1: It's again. my pleasure. And yeah, I'm just a little, slightly speechless. I wanted to thank you. I wanted just, to thank uh, you. You're yeah, yeah. Because what you're doing is is
2: helping to heal an entire generation of community kids who had like the hair go back up on their neck when they reached a certain age and had a fully developed conscience and heard certain <sighs> things
0: yeah and then we're asked to yeah. tamp mm-hmm. down
2: that instinct like the work that you're doing is for them it, it really is whether they're oh, yeah. still in not still it in is. on the fence somewhere it's mm-hmm. it's helping mm-hmm. someone to understand if something doesn't match your values you don't have to stay No matter what a leader tells you, you, you know, you have to, Mm -hmm. you have to, you have to live with yourself at the end of the day. Right. I, we go, my husband and I have discussed many times memento mori, and that's the concept Mm -hmm. of before Mm -hmm. you go to bed at night, have you comported yourself that day in a way that is both reasonable, gracious, loving to other people, and that you could be proud of if you somehow passed away in your sleep. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know so it's like mm-hmm. every single day you get to make the right decision you should never pass up that opportunity mm-hmm. so th- this mm-hmm. was part of that for me yes, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah yeah oh good I'm so glad that that, that you felt that way <laughs> that it could yeah, be yeah I'm so glad it's a space yeah. that can yeah. be that yeah thank you yeah.
2: for having wow.
1: me yeah of course yeah, yeah. yeah. come back <laughs> oh my gosh of course <laughs> yeah yeah And thank you to everyone who listened today, continues to listen and support us. We really appreciate it. Um, Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, Engage in comments online. We love hearing from you. Um, And thank you again, Becky. Everybody, go do something nice for yourself.
0: And if you feel bad, do something nice for somebody else. (laughs) Famous. I didn't want to swear. But... <laughs> Why
1: did you change it? <laughs>